This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would speak to us afresh tonight through your word, by your spirit. Amen. This is a very strange Christmas. This has been a very challenging year. A year of contrasts, concerns, and conflicts. In one sense, the whole world has been united in the face of a common enemy. No continent, no nation, no people are excluded. The whole world is in the grip of a global pandemic, the likes of which none has experienced before, at least not now living. Shockingly, there are still those who deny that it's real, who think it's all a hoax, but 79, more than 79 million people around the planet have tested positive for the COVID-19 virus, with the actual number of cases, of course, being much, much higher. Almost 1.8 million people have died, including some 330,000 here in the United States. And that number is predicted to rise above half a million within a few months. This has been a year marked by fear, uncertainty, separation, violence, hatred, lawlessness, false accusations, lies, job losses, sickness, death, and extreme political polarization. And as a church community, we lament our losses. We mourn those who have died. We grieve not being able to meet together in embodied worship the way we want to and the way our Lord intends us to gather. And yet, we have also rejoiced in finding new ways to connect, gathering in smaller numbers in backyards or through the youth porch pods or via daily morning prayer on YouTube through weekly special needs ministry videos and the amazing online kids church. By the way, if you, uh, however young or old you are, do watch the special Christmas edition of Kids Church. It was put up on YouTube just a couple of hours ago. I commend it to you. And who knew that we would have welcomed more than 65 people into membership since the pandemic began? Last year, if you'd suggested putting up a big tent the week before Christmas so we could meet outside, I'd have thought you were crazy. But what a joy to welcome so many people to our live nativity last Sunday and at our, at our two services under the tent this afternoon. Tonight is a night of extraordinary contrasts. And so notwithstanding all that is bleak, we dare to sing joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Joy to the world. The Savior reigns. 
No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Tonight, in our weariness, we remember love, God's love, God's love for us. We remember how God even proved his love for us. In our gospel reading, St. Luke began by setting this good news of great joy and love in its historical context. And what a contrast he presents. He begins by setting the stage with a, a decree to the world to be registered, a grand census ordered by the great emperor Augustus Caesar at the height of his power and reign. History tells us that Caesar proclaimed that he had brought justice and peace to the whole world. And to a degree, for a time, he kind of did. The term Pax Romana references some 200 years of relative peace and economic prosperity. Caesar Augustus was the adopted son of the assassinated Julius Caesar, whom Augustus claimed of his adoptive father was divine, making himself a son of God. People said of, C of Caesar that he was the savior of the world. He was the king and Lord. And by way of contrast, St. Luke tells us, and Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Bethlehem is a long way from Rome and the center of power. Bethlehem was a small town in an outpost at the edge of the Roman Empire. And here Luke tells us, Joseph traveled to be registered with Mary, his betrothed. Mary was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In this surprising, unlikely, and unimpressive setting, two kingdoms collide. The kingdom of this world, ruled by Caesar Augustus, son of God, prince of peace, savior, collided with the kingdom of God. God's kingdom was announced not by heralds to the court in Rome, but by angels to shepherds on a hillside. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The promise of God through the prophet Isaiah was being fulfilled. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. 
Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born to us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. Caesar may have brought a type of peace for two centuries. Jesus came to bring real peace for eternity. Those titles that Caesar claimed for himself, Saviour, Lord, Son of God, were false claims and empty promises. But each was true of this baby born in Bethlehem. The peace of Christ greatly exceeds any passing peace of this world. The kingdom of God is a very different kind of kingdom. Pope Benedict, in his reflections on this passage, writes, ultimately the question here is what redemption, liberation, and salvation actually mean. One thing is clear, though, he writes, Augustus belongs to the past. Jesus Christ, on the other hand, is the present and the future. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we know that the peace of Christ is a peace that the world cannot give. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. But to whom was this peace on that first Christmas night proclaimed? We return to the Judean hillside and that multitude of the heavenly hosts who appeared with the angel for our answer. The choir of angels were praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Other translations have it to those on whom his favor rests, or goodwill towards men, or among those whom he favors. So who does God favor? With whom is God pleased? Is God pleased with us because we worship him and direct our attention to him? Or is he pleased with us because he delights in us and loves us? Surely, it is both. This message from God through the angelic host is a message of grace and freedom. It is about God's grace, love that we do not deserve, lavished upon us. It is also about freedom as we respond to that love and worship him. St. John tells us we love because he first loved us. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. To quote Pope Benedict again, he asked this, how many Christians make haste today where the things of God are concerned? Surely if anything merits haste, so the evangelist is discreetly telling us, then it is the things of God. So tonight, in another contrast, let us make haste to slow down, to pause, to be still, to reflect. Let us hurry up and linger long enough that we might marvel and ponder this cosmic event of Jesus born and laid in a manger. I was introduced this week to a poem by Madeleine Lengel. The poem was written in 1973 when an approaching comet at about Christmas time that year was causing quite a stir, though it turned out to uh, not be much of anything to see. But I'd like to read it for you. It's called The Risk of birth. Are we able to have it on the screen? We're not. Never mind. Uh, those of you here, it's on the back of your uh, bulletins. So, concentrate. There is no time for a child to be born. Sorry, now I have to start again. This is no time for a child to be born with the earth betrayed by war and hate and a comet slashing the sky to warn that time runs out and the sun burns late. That was no time for a child to be born. In a land in the crushing grip of Rome, honor and truth were trampled to scorn, yet here did the Savior make his home. When is the time for love to be born? The inn is full on the planet Earth, and by a comet the sky is torn. Yet love still takes the risk of birth. Love takes the risk of birth. The scriptures remind us that God is love. St. John writes, God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Christmas is all about love. Christina Rossetti, the author of In the Bleak Midwinter, and this less well-known but very beautiful carol puts it this way. Love came down at Christmas. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign. Worship we the Godhead. Love incarnate, love divine. Worship we, our Jesus, but wherewith for sacred sign? Love shall be our token. 
Love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and all men. Love for plea and gift and sign. Tonight, though our hearts may be full, full of unfulfilled longings, perhaps, of wishing we could be with those whom we love but from whom we are separated, though our minds and bodies may be tired and weary with the relentless demands of the classroom, family room, or boardroom, where countless decisions unknowns, disappointments, relentlessly have assailed us. Tonight, hear this invitation. Make haste to see the Savior, the Prince of Peace. Make haste to kneel before the manger and see the baby. Make haste to ponder, wonder, praise and worship. I close in the words of this wonderful 19th century hymn. Let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly-minded for with blessing in his hand, Christ our God to earth descendeth, our full homage to demand. King of kings, yet born of Mary. As of old on earth he stood, Lord of lords in human vesture, in the body and the blood. He will give to all the faithful his own self, for heavenly food. At his feet, the six-winged seraph, cherubim with sleepless eye, veil their faces to the presence, as with ceaseless voice they cry, Alleluia, 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 Lord Most High.